We're going to be in Romans chapter 8, if you have a Bible. It was last night that my, my wife and I were praying for somebody. And as we were praying for this individual and, and not really knowing how to pray or what to pray, I was in my mind asking the Holy Spirit, how do I pray for this individual? And as I, as I wanted that and asked that, it's like the Holy Spirit brought to my mind scriptures to pray for this individual that I thought were exactly what that individual needed. And they didn't come from me. They came as the Holy Spirit brought to my mind those scriptures and those things to pray for that individual that that individual needed, the truth that they needed, but, 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 but in a way that I didn't know how to bring it to them. And the Holy Spirit brought that to me. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. I think we understand that. We have friends. I mean, as we go through life, we have colleagues, we have family members, friends, uh, fellow students, neighbors uh, that we know that are, that are sick. <laughs> that are struggling. Struggling with depression at the Kingston Forum this last Thursday night, a th- first of three community forums to bring the Coffee Oasis to Kingston. The head of the health department in Kitsap County shared that the number two, the two biggest issues facing young people in our community are depression and substance abuse. It's, it's killing our young people. Depression leading to suicide and substance abuse. It's killing our young people in Kitsap County. And so if we know someone who's struggling in that way with, with an addiction, whether it's alcohol or, 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 or prescription drugs or street drugs or, um, or an eating disorder, somebody who's struggling with depression, anxiety, maybe, maybe it's someone needing to make a crucial decision. They have something looming before them and they, they don't know what to do. How do we communicate this truth and this is the truth. They don't, they don't, it's not like they need a book or a seminar or, or my wise advice. How can I communicate to them this truth? Take this truth that, that we're told is life. I mean, we just came through Deuteronomy and we're in Joshua and it's like these words are life. And people all around us are dying. How do we take these words and communicate these living words to our loved ones and friends in a way that will bring them life in the midst of their addiction and depression and anxiety and their sickness? People that are needing deliverance and healing and salvation and hope and direction. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. When we're praying for individuals, do we know how to pray? Do you... Do you find it hard to pray or know how to pray or, or what to pray? Have the boldness or confidence when, when you're with somebody, and I do often, the confidence and boldness when I'm with them to know what to pray because they need it, and yet it's like, how do I bring that truth to them? You know, we, we read in the Bible, and I think probably most of us are convinced that God answers prayer. And he wants us to pray and he promises that as we pray, 
he will heal and deliver and, and convict of sin and, and give hope and salvation. And yet when to do it and how to do it and, and what to say uh, often has us not praying. Wouldn't you agree? We just don't know what to do or we don't have the confidence to do it. You know, when we get, began this series a few weeks ago on the Holy Spirit, like I said, Daniel was this man in, in whom people saw the Holy Spirit because they saw a man in whom this truth was being practically applied into life and it was impacting, it, it was changing the Babylonian Empire and then the Medo-Persian Empire through this man, Daniel, who was so dominated by the Holy Spirit. And kind of as we conclude this morning and as we've talked about the Holy Spirit regenerating, meaning the Holy Spirit putting life into dead people, people who are dead in their sins and, and blind spiritually, the Holy Spirit regenerating and putting in life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. We, Those of us who are here this morning and are alive in Jesus are alive in Jesus because of the power of the Holy Spirit that helped us to see Jesus and opened our eyes to him and opened our eyes to our sin. And, and if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, it's it's... That's the place to start. Open my eyes to see. And so we've talked about the Holy Spirit regenerating. We've talked about the Holy Spirit sanctifying. It's the Holy Spirit who who makes us like Jesus after he brings us to Jesus. It's not just our own efforts. It's him helping us and, and pointing us to Jesus, opening our eyes to see Jesus, making us holy. It's the Holy Spirit filling us and and gifting us and leading us. And so today there's one more thing. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit praying in us and for us. And and as, as we look at Romans 8, I, I think we see that it kind of brings these together and and gives us the opportunity to say, as we come to the end, Holy Spirit, come. And and if you don't get anything else this morning as we conclude this, I want you to get that what I'm getting, that we desperately need the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives to change us and to use us in our communities for God's, God's glory. It's not just this book that we can take and we can convince people of or tell people about but it's this book in the power of the Holy Spirit using us that's going to change lives and change our communities the Holy Spirit praying in us this is so important and it's so important that we might be people who are effective and powerful in prayer effective and powerful in communicating with God and for God to the people that we love and care about so let's come back to Romans 8 here. And, and we're going to just kind of work our way through this quickly. How we can be effective and powerful in prayer. There's three things that I'd like us to look at. And I'm just going to read these verses again here really quickly. It says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes or prays for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts, meaning the Father, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit prays for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What do we see here? What do we need to recognize if we're going to be people through whom the Holy Spirit prays? The first thing is, notice it says, the Spirit intercedes for us. Um, it's, sorry, verse 27, it says, Our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The first thing is we need to recognize if we're going to be powerful and effective in praying in the Spirit, that we're God's people. That kind of maybe seems, seems obvious, but we forget that. The, the literal word is saints. As you're sitting there this morning, do you realize, are you keenly aware that you are a saint? A saint. And that's hard for us, isn't it? Because it's because we don't think of ourselves. And, and because the enemy convinces us, tries to convince us that we are just sinners. Because that's what we do a lot, right? That's what I find myself doing. And because I sin, I think I'm a sinner. And in almost every letter that Paul writes to the churches in the New Testament, he addresses them as saints. The people that he's writing to in the churches, Galatia and Ephesus and Philippi and Colossae, they're saints. And I tell you, as he writes to them, he writes to them about all kinds of problems And yet, he calls them saints as he's addressing the sins that he's dealing with because that's who they are. 1 John 3 3, 1 says, you know, we are children of God. That's who we are. You know, my kids, as they were growing up, you know, they they had an advantage over the other kids in the neighborhood in asking me for things and having access into my presence. You know, I could be in a meeting, an important meeting, and my kids could walk right in, which no one else would dare do in the middle of an important meeting with a closed door, right? My kids could walk right in if they wanted. They're my kids. They had direct access into my presence, and they knew that. But so often we don't know that. We haven't gotten that, that we're God's kids. We're his, we're his kids. And, and we have direct access into his presence at any time. And he, he longs for us to come into his presence. Because he sees us as saints, set apart, his special set apart people, his kids. That he's just waiting to hear from and talk to. And yet... Because we struggle with the lies of the enemy that, oh man, I screwed up and God's not going to want to hear me. That's not what any good parent is. It's like, oh, sorry, you disobeyed me. You can't talk to me right now. You know, just to give you a quick outline of the context here that is so amazing about who we are and who we got to get get in our heads that we are in Romans 8, 
verses 14 to 17, just one little glimpse there, Romans 8, it says, The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him, by the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, dear Father. That's our position as we come into prayer. We've got to understand that's who we are. As we come to verses um, 18 uh, through 25, we see the promise that is ours and, and the Spirit longing within us for our future, which is, it says, the redemption of our bodies, the, the, the final welcoming of us home as God's children to heaven when He returns for us. That's the promise that is ours. Our position is we're kids. The promise is that that's what we have to look forward to. Then we come to prayer in 26 and 27. In verses 20 through 30, we see God's purpose for us. That God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that purpose is that we would be conformed to the image of his son, that we'd be like Jesus. And that purpose is so secure that in verse 30, what God has purposed, he called us to, he He made happen. He justified us and He has glorified us. We are seated in heaven with Jesus in the heavenly places. That's our position. That's who we are. That's why we can come with boldness to the throne of grace. And as we come to verses 31 through the rest of the chapter, it's amazing. Look at verse 31. It says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter who's against us. He who did not spare his own son, he gave his son Jesus. Jesus went to the cross for us. And if he went to the cross for us, good grief. We think that he'd hold anything else back from us? How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who can bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? He's the judge and we're his kids. You know, if we're going to be effective and powerful in prayer, the first thing we have got to get into our heads is that we are God's kids. We have got to recognize and believe what it says here. We are saints. We sin. But in God's eyes, we're saints, and we've got to get that same thinking in our own heads so that rather than groveling, and isn't that often the way it is instead of groveling we come boldly before the throne of grace knowing his mercy and grace that is there for us as his kids in time of need that we're not just sinners whom God is always upset at because we can't get our act together but we're his beloved children whom he loves to talk to and longs for us to come into his presence that's the first thing We're saints. We need to recognize and believe that we're saints. The second thing is, look at verse 26 again. It says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know how to pray or what we ought to pray for. You know, the second thing, if we're going to be effective and powerful in prayer, we have got to recognize that we need help to pray. that we need help to pray. 
It says the Spirit helps us in our weakness, in, in, in admitting our weakness that we don't know how to pray. But I think so many of us, the reason we're not effective and powerful in prayer is because we don't, we don't slow down to admit or acknowledge our weakness. We just barge into God's presence and pray. We talk. And we just bring to God what we think and what we want instead of admitting that we don't know how to pray. And so we come before God on behalf of a, a friend or a loved one who's hurting or struggling or, or broken. And we don't have the, we have the answer, but how do, we, how do we bring this answer into their situation in a way that powerfully delivers or heals or saves or changes them? We've got to admit we don't know how to do that. Instead of just coming arrogantly, just speaking words that we know in our hearts are just words, but and, and they're just not going any farther than the ceiling because they're just our attempts to say something that we instead we've got to admit our own neediness, that we need help. That we don't know what God wants, that often we're just praying what we want, that we need help. You know, I think another one of our problems as often is that we don't even know that we're, that we're spiritually needy because we, we work so hard not to be needy. You know, keeping busy, <laughs> uh, reading books, acquiring things, uh, forgetting that that the people that that God wants us to be are people like Daniels, Daniels who are changing lives because their lives are supernatural lives. You know, our friends and our neighbors and our colleagues don't just need more advice, right? Anybody can give them advice. I mean, we have more therapists and counselors in the United States than the rest of the world put together. And, and I'm not saying that that's not helpful, but but for people to be changed and, and their addictions to be broken and their anxieties and fears to be overcome and for people to be delivered and transformed, that's something supernatural. That's not just more advice that people need. Uh, you know, I'm a preacher. I'm, i got give anybody advice (laughs) but you know God is helping me to understand more and more and more my own neediness (laughs) to really help people with not just advice but transformation we need to realize we don't know what to pray for are you there are you there we've got to be there We've got to know we're God's kids, but when we come before him on behalf of others, we just don't know what to pray. And so we come really to the heart and to the point of these verses is we need to recognize that the help that is there for us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Let me just read these verses again and see them. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And as I understand this, it's, it's, it's the Spirit burdening us and prompting us and, and directing us how to pray. In a way that we don't know how to pray. And I think sometimes, as, as we read, as we talked about the gifting of the Spirit, sometimes it could be a word that, that the Holy Spirit puts into our heads or, or puts upon our hearts. But I think sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit wordlessly convincing us and moving us and burdening us and, and showing us how to pray. With wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts, the, the Father, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit prays for God's people in accordance with God's will. The Spirit intercedes for us. The Spirit intercedes for us and, and is so effective in praying through us and, and helping us to pray because the Spirit knows how to pray. The Spirit knows the mind of God. The Spirit knows how God would deliver and save and convict and heal. And if instead of just praying our own words and doing our best to communicate, we wait upon the Spirit, we hear God's voice. In 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, listen to this. Paul says to the people at Corinth, he says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. That's often what we do, isn't it? For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's what Paul's talking about here in Romans. We're weak. And he says, that's the way I was among you. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. It's not like I gave my best attempt to try and figure out for you how you could change but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in my wisdom, the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, the answer to our neediness, not knowing how to pray or what to pray, it's, like I said, it's not in a book, it's not in a formula, it's not in a seminar, it's in the person of the Holy Spirit. How many of us go through our day without listening to the Holy Spirit? Without having a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Without hearing His voice? Knowing His prompting or His burdening or His leading? You know, Jesus, when Jesus walked this earth, in the power of the Holy Spirit. He only did what he saw the Father doing. He only heard from the Father. That's, the, that's what he spoke. And he gave us, when he left, his Holy Spirit to reveal to us what the Father wants and how the Father wants us to minister. Listen to these verses. I just want to read you a few verses to think about. In James chapter 5, it says, The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. 
Elijah was a man just like us. And yet he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain when he prayed. And then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth bore fruit. And the question is, man, what made Elijah that kind of man? And us, those kind of people who can pray that kind of prayer of faith, and people say, sick people made well. In Luke chapter 1, it gives us the answer. It says, John the Baptist will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be used of God in that way? (laughs) To be used of God in our neighborhood or in our workplace, in our school, to turn many people to the Lord? How did he do that? Because he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah. (laughs) That's how Elijah did it and that's how John the Baptist did it, and that's how we will do it, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Elijah was a man who lived in the Spirit, who prayed in the Spirit, and it's the people that Paul is encouraging us to be in Romans chapter 8. He says the same thing in Ephesians 6.18. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. In the Spirit. How do we know which words to speak? And when and how? With the Spirit enabling us to pray. Are we listening? I was convicted about this last week as I was with an individual and um, that that doesn't know Jesus. And as I was interacting with them and building a relationship with them, and and then I was done. And and about two hours later, it's like the Holy Spirit convicted me about my time interacting with that individual, saying, "In the two hours you were with them, did you ever ask me how to talk to them?" In those two hours, any time during those two hours, were you listening to me talking to you about how to talk to them? In Galatians 4, 6, it says, We are sons. God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. He lives within us. The person of God lives within us. The Spirit of God lives within us. And so often we live as if He's not there. One more section, series of verses in Jude. Paul says, You, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And, and, the, and, and as we come to the end of that, it's like, well, then how do we know what to do when? 
as Paul describes it there in Jude, only if we're praying in the Holy Spirit, only if as we pray, we're listening to the Holy Spirit praying and prompting and leading. As we're talking to people, our hearts and our spirits are alert to the Spirit nudging us and speaking to us and through us on how to pray for them or speak to them. Is the reason that we don't see the power of the Holy Spirit revealed in our lives, is it because it is us going through our day thinking and considering and ministering and responding and and giving advice, not listening to Him? Let me just conclude here from Romans what God has given us. God has given us prayer. Prayer. To powerfully accomplish his purposes. Prayer is God's means to participate in his working in our world today. God working in us, through us, that's how, it's through prayer. But we don't know how to pray. That's what it says in Romans. We don't know how to pray. We lack the boldness. We lack the confidence. We lack, we lack the know-how how to take this, these words and communicate these words to the situation that our friends and loved ones are in in order to bring about their healing and deliverance and salvation. And so what has God done for us? He's given us His Holy Spirit. You pick, picked up on that yet this morning? He's given us His Holy Spirit to help us to pray. Maybe some of you this morning need to just come before God and say, God, open my eyes to who I am. (laughs) Help me to see myself as your child that has access at any time into your presence. I don't need a permission slip. And maybe that's what you need to pray this morning as I close in prayer. Just, God, help me to see who I am. Maybe the third thing for some of us is it needs to be God do a work in my heart. There's an old hymn that says, Nothing between my soul and the Savior that keeps me from seeing his blessed face. And, and for some of us, even though we're his kids, maybe what's keeping us from his presence is because we know we're doing stuff that's keeping us from him, that's broken the relationship, that's severed the fellowship. And so maybe for some of us this morning, if you want to be somebody who is effective and powerful in prayer, the starting point is saying, God, be merciful. I'm sorry. You know, in First John one First John one nine it says, "If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." The door is open, but but if there's something between you and Him, man, come before Him and confess it. Maybe for some of us, just for some of us, it's just saying, "Come, Holy Spirit, come." I've been ignoring you. I've been living my life as if I didn't need you. I need you. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Let's pray. And, you know, after, we, after I pray as we, we sing, I'm going to be up here. I'm going to be up here. And if you want to come and sit next, sit next, sit next to me and, and ask for prayer, if you want to just come and, and pray yourself, let's respond 
to the work of the Holy Spirit in our, our lives. Let's be people of prayer more than we ever been before. Let's pray. Father, I've spoken a lot of words and I realize that the words that I've spoken uh, have just been words if your Holy Spirit, if you Holy Spirit don't take the words that I have spoken and put them in somebody's heart and convict them or draw them or woo them or challenge them. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to be working in my heart, be working in our hearts to be people that are spirit people. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Change us. Transform us. Fill us. Use us. In Jesus' name, amen.